Welcome to Trap Talks. My name is Sushant. I am an e-commerce entrepreneur and each week we bring an inspiring entrepreneur or business person from e-commerce, retail or tech industries to help you discover how to start and grow your own e-commerce business. Thanks for spending some time with me today and let's get started. Hey there entrepreneurs, my name is Sushant and welcome to Trep Talks. This is the show where I interview successful e-commerce entrepreneurs, business executives and thought leaders and ask them questions about their business story and also dive deep into some of the strategies and tactics that they have used to start and grow their businesses. And today I'm really excited to welcome Cindy Thomason to the show. Cindy is a certified master profit first professional and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, and the founder of uh, and president of Bookskeep, a virtual company that provides bookkeeping and profit-first consulting services to e-commerce clients all over the world. Cindy is passionate about data analysis and process development, and she uses that passion to educate her clients and help them structure their businesses to maximize profits. And today I want to ask Cindy a few questions about her business and services and also some of the ways she helps her clients and e-commerce businesses succeed. So thank you so much uh, for joining us today at Trep Talks, Cindy. Really appreciate it. Yeah, delighted to be here. So um, yeah, let's get right into it. I could you share a little bit about your business, Bookskeep, and uh, you know what services you provide? Okay, well, um, I created the business to be a um, a general uh, accounting firm, and we're located in the the Midwest, uh, Central Arkansas. Um, what I learned fairly on from one of my mentors, Mike Kalowitz, that wrote Profit First, was that I really needed to specialize. I needed to, to be able to grow and to really serve people at a deeper level. I needed to focus on one industry. And at the time when I was making that decision, I had several e-commerce clients that had come to me because of their interest in Profit First. And I, I did this exercise just to think about alignment, and, and we were very similarly aligned. We, I wanted a remote business. I didn't want to have to go into people's back offices you know, to do their bookkeeping. Uh, I wanted to work from home to be with my daughter. Um, I, I was looking for flexibility, and, um, and I've, I found that that's a lot of what was going on with those clients in the e-commerce world. They needed flexibility, too. Um, we were working with uh, QuickBooks Online when it first was a was a thing to to do in the cloud accounting world, and so I knew I needed to work with people that were um, um, te- technology savvy, that they were okay with um, me having you know admin access to bank accounts and things like that. That they were that that world of technology and connectedness wasn't something that was going to scare them. Mm-hmm. So for those reasons, I decided to focus on e-commerce and um, really over the years have have enjoyed the the opportunity to see how how small business is part of uh, that whole bigger picture of you know Amazon.com and Shopify, all those platforms that are really big now really are supported by small business people who are trying to make a business work in in their own terms. And uh, it, that was just very much aligned with what I was trying to do because I needed to be at home with my daughter and get her to tutoring, et cetera. And so um, it's kind of kind of been neat to see how how our how our interest and and underlying reasons for business are are similar cool um and so what what are some of the main services that you provide through your businesses to these uh, small e-commerce businesses well they're kind of divided into two camps um one is uh the bookkeeping side of things and uh we our, our primary bookkeeping service, kind of a full service e-commerce bookkeeping, is our largest offering to people. The people that are established that um, have kind of reached the point where they need to have somebody do bookkeeping for them because they're too busy. Their time is more valuable in figuring out their next product or you know uh, managing their team, um, figuring out advertising, et cetera. And, and bookkeeping is something that can be outsourced fairly easily. 
Um, as we started to get more um, work in that area, we realized that we really couldn't serve everybody. And so we created a um, product for for new people that are just getting started, and we call it Smart Start. And it's kind of a combination um we hold your hand and train you on how to do it the right way. And so for clients that are just realizing that they need their bookkeeping under control, they, they realize the value of it, but they don't know how to get started. We go in and we meet with them three different times and do all of the setup for them, the connect issues, et cetera, teach them how to do it. And then, um, they go off and do the work, but we're there to hold their hands. And then they, they participate in a huddle for a year. Anytime they run into anything, they know that they can join the huddle, get their questions answered. So that's the bookkeeping side of things. On the profit first side of things, we, um, we have a uh, uh, coaching program and it's for three months. And basically we do the work for, for our clients to, to do all the analysis and can say, all right, this is how you need to implement Profit First. and But the clients still have to go and implement it. And then at the very end of that process, we're teaching them how then they can keep it going quarter after quarter to make sure they're focusing on the right things in their um, profit assessments and um, continuing to put the right pressure on the business to always be trying to improve profits and reduce operating expenses. So we've got that, that three-month coaching program, but we also have an online course for people that just want to do it themselves and go through. It's based on the book um, that I wrote, uh, Profit First for E-Commerce Sellers, and it, it basically goes chapter by chapter and talks through those concepts and uh, demonstrates how to do the work along the way. So basically your service offerings, it's like one is you, um, in a way, do some sort of a consulting for people who are really just getting started or, you know, who are small, who can't hire a bookkeeper a full time. Um, and then you you do a full fledged for full service uh, bookkeeping services for people. And sure. my question then is, at what point do you usually find that people come to find you? Is it like a certain revenue that they reach or... Um, where they say, okay, this is getting a little too out of my hand now. Well, it, it's really a lot of different things. Um, a, a lot of times people come to us even before they start and they're like, we're getting ready to start and I'm getting my products are coming in and I know that numbers are really important, but I don't know how to make that work. Can you help me get started? So we've got some of those folks. We've got some folks that have been, you know, doing their business for a while. And then they just suddenly realize, you know, this is not just a hobby anymore. This is starting to be real money and I need to take it more seriously. And they want to get a set of books that they can look at and feel like they really know what's going on. Um, and then I've got had people come to us that, have been running their business without books for quite some time and are ready to exit the exit the business mm -hmm. and they realize they've got to have a good set of books with two to three years of history mm -hmm. documented in a way that could pass the due diligence test of you know for selling mm -hmm. and they don't have that and they want us to to create that and so those are kind of the the pain points when when people come to us and I think a large part of it just depends on um, how much people value that information from the beginning um, or when they feel overwhelmed uh, or there's just something else that's, that's like, okay, this is a necessity now, like we're getting ready to sell. So, so these people who are not doing their bookkeeping uh, in a consistent way, which I would assume like a lot of people, businesses who are just doing it as like a side hustle or something like that, uh, bookkeeping is probably not their you know the, their biggest priority um how uh, so these people are just like doing some excel uh, spreadsheet analysis <laughs> and and like is it and just because it's sufficient to file their taxes they're it's, they're getting by but then at certain point they see okay you know I, I haven't done anything so i should get someone to to do it like how do you help them in that situation like do you ask like what kind of information do you ask them to like retroactively to uh, to to get their books in order? Well, it really um, comes down to bank credit card transactions. We have to go back and pull that data. Um, 
the older it gets, the harder it gets because most banks you can get information current year really easily. Um, you sometimes you have to pay money, but you can go back to a you know a second year back. But third year um, it gets harder unless you've actually kept paper bank statements or something like that or downloaded them. Um, so it, it's a challenge to go back that far. Um, they, I don't really know. Um, I don't really know how how they feel on top of things. Um, unless it's just they look at their bank account and see that that hmm. that is growing. And I guess you know, I do I do think you know, profit first when you set it up correctly, you can manage your business by looking at your bank accounts. It doesn't give you the set of books you're gonna have audited for a sale, but it does you can manage with your bank accounts. And so I'm assuming these people that just go two, three, five years without books um, are, are seeing enough success through their bank account growing that it just doesn't become a priority for them. Because I can tell you the ones that do that are, are typically um, ones that are doing well. So they, okay. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not struggling. <laughs> yeah. So. They're, they're not, uh, you know, counting pennies then. <laughs> so right. how, so, um, you know, uh, you are focusing on e-commerce businesses. Is there any difference in, in terms of like just the bookkeeping of, you know, when you do it for e-commerce business versus like some other uh, regular business? Or is it just that you have created systems and processes that work really well for e-commerce and, and so you are just sticking to that? It's both. I mean, um, for me, it's almost a marketing decision because I have created systems and processes. That's where we're most efficient and I can relate to those clients um, or prospective clients because I know their industry. So it's easier to market to them instead of, you know, landscapers and website developers who have their own set of um, tools and technology that they use to keep up with, you know, scheduling and paying employees, etc. So, it, you know, it's kind of that the, the process is the technology, but also being able to market more, concentrate my marketing efforts more, more straightforward. Um, so, so those are the, the main reasons, but I, I do think um, e-commerce accounting is different. It is, um, the the ability to go into the platforms and understand when you get a settlement from Amazon, all of the different fees and um, you know uh, refunds and uh, gift wrap credits, all of those different things that they're going to take out or put back in, it's really good to work with someone who knows what that's about and knows how to take that data and put it at the right place on your. Um, uh, in your account structure. Having an account structure that works for e-commerce, I think is really important. Um, because if you've got your fees and stuff buried down in overhead, it's hard to understand what your gross margin is. And you've got to understand gross margin to know how you're doing. Um, you've got to know whether or not you're recording revenue based on when that money comes in, which is typical for small business from a cash perspective, the money hit my bank account, I'm going to claim it. Well, in Amazon, that could be for a two-week period, most of which happened in last month. And so where does that fit properly on your uh, P&L? And so you, you really need a modified cash or modified accrual basis to be able to get that um, income recorded properly and then subsequently book your um, sales, the cost of sales, your cost of goods sold in the same period so that you're, you're matching whatever you sold against, um, you know, what you got for what you sold against that revenue that you got. You, you've got to be able to compare those two things to really know if you're making money. And so I, I think there there are some um, there's some aspects to it that are unique and that if you're in e-commerce you'll find uh, an e-commerce accountant being more um, uh, able to align with what kind of data you're ultimately needing to get out of the system. You know if if you 
if you design the system, your accounting system to get data out to help you manage your business, um, it needs to support the decisions that you're making and how you put the data in then needs to be based on that. So you get reports that are meaningful in the end. Okay. So um, when you, when a new uh, customer or client comes to you and says, you know, I would like you to manage my bookkeeping services, can you walk me through some of the first steps that you do? Do you like audit their current books? Do you ask for certain information so you get an idea of what they already have been doing? Uh, and, and do you sit down with them and say, hey, uh, how you would like me to set up your books? Could you share some of those first steps that you work, uh, that you do with, with a new client uh, to, to set up their books mm -hmm. properly? What I found is that the clients typically don't know what they need. And that's why they come to us. So we have a e-commerce chart of accounts, which um, we would use to build out the structure of their books. So most of the time when they come to us, um, we, we know um, what framework that they need to be um, their chart of accounts needs to be built on. If they're selling on Amazon or Walmart or Shopify, we've got charts of accounts that address all of those platforms. And that, that informs us as to how we're going to build their books. We know um, that we want to treat every client uh, to having good information as a, as a result of working with us. So we would always build their books with this um, modified cash or modified accrual basis because that's where you get the, the good information. That's that's how you build the books to be able to sell the business later. So we don't want to set them up with something inferior. Uh, we want to set them up with in a way that's going to give them what they need now and down the road. So so we've got that framework in place. And then the, the other pieces that we need is, you know, if they've already got books that, um, that they've got from someone else maintaining them, or maybe they've maintained them, then we would look at that depending on where we are in the year and say, okay, we'll start now doing it our way, but you know, you'll have your way up until this point in time. And I can tell you every time we've ever done that, um, because, you know, the client had paid and or, you know, they had an adequate set of books from, you know, strictly accounting speaking. But every time that we've done that and then gone forward, you know, and do the rest of the year the way we do it, they come back to us and say, oh, my gosh, <laughs> that's that. I want that for the whole year. Can you go back and fix up the rest of my books? And in fact, many times we have people say, can you go back to the beginning of my books and just clean up the last two or three years? Because when they start to see the information come out in a way that's useful, they want they want that for all of their data, not just for some piece of it going forward. Um, typically, the things that, you know, if somebody has a set of books, then, you know, they probably already have, you know, um, either QuickBooks or Xero, which are the two accounting systems we recommend. Uh, they probably already have... Um, uh, their bank accounts connected, their credit card accounts connected. So, um, so those things we just continue on. But if um, if they're coming to us brand new, the things that uh, the first decision they need to make is: Are they going to want to work in QuickBooks Online, or do they want to use Zero, which is a, the preferred accounting accounting system that they might want to use? And um, then going forward, do they want? Um, uh, to use a system like A2X, which integrates and pulls across all the data from Amazon and Shopify, or are they going to be okay with a less quality way of recording some of that information, which doesn't get it on an accrual basis? Um, we have to have their bank connected, uh, you know, their bank information to be able to help them connect it. So those are the kinds of things that we need just to kind of get started. So um, what what to me seems like is the most valuable to a business owner after we have set up all these, um, you know, systems and, you know, softwares is uh, do they get like some sort of a dashboard either in this uh, software that you're setting up zero or, you know, QuickBooks, or do you provide them in a separate way where they, they actually get to see uh, the different numbers so that they have a m much more clarity about their business 
retroactively and also uh, a better way to say, okay, I have this much money that I can actually uh, invest in buying products or I, you know, um, I can do certain things or, you know, I have certain cushion uh, for the future. Uh, so is that is that what the outcome of the whole process is? Well, the, the outcome is um, monthly generated financial statements that you could you can look at and understand the performance of your business. So it's historical. Um, It's looking back at what actually happened and kind of a scoreboard. You can't look at the scoreboard and say, okay, you're going to win the game in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, it's more, um, this is where you're at up to the third quarter and how Mm -hmm. you're positioned to play the game in the fourth quarter. So quick, QuickBooks online has some really great, um, um, dashboard type screens now. Um, Zero doesn't have as much of that uh, as they had in the past. But I think the thing that our clients value is being able to get a monthly set of reports that tells them their score. This is where we're at end of second quarter. Um, and know, you know, did what I do all last quarter or last month, did that generate revenue the way I had expected it to and if not do I am I pricing my product wrong or am I paying my suppliers too much what kind of changes do I need to make to ensure that um, I'm going to improve the score next quarter okay um, from your perspective uh, what are some of the most important numbers even in the, those financial statements that you think uh, describe the health of the business Well, it's interesting because, you know, I'm in a lot of Facebook groups with um, sellers and uh, they're all keen to post their sales numbers and um, sales numbers are fine. But the reality is, is how much you keep at the end of the day, not how much you you um, you sold. So to me, the, the most important number that people need to be paying attention to is their gross margin number. So if you take your sales and you subtract out your product cost or cost of goods sold, the the what it costs you to generate that revenue, whether it's um, you know for the product itself or shipping for the, of that product, um, the fees that that Amazon or Shopify may have charged you, um, maybe you had someone prep or maybe you've got packaging, the things that are related to that product, what did that cost? to be able to generate that income and how much money does that leave you with? And once you've done that analysis and you, you understand your profit margin, your gross profit margin, you want to be at about 30% or more. So this has not, so this has not include excluded any of the operating expenses. So uh, gross margin includes uh, the, the operating expenses. Gross, gross margin does not. It, it just is specific, specifically related to your product. What did it cost you to, um, you, you sold this product for $10,000. How much did it cost you to have that product um, that sold? So, you know, maybe that's $5,000. So then you've got $5,000 left that you can then allocate to your operating expenses. So to me, that gross margin percentage is is something that I don't see people paying close enough attention to and that it's really a key component to whether or not the business is going to be profitable. Because if you're not making a profit at that level, then you can cut all those operating expenses out to zero. It's still going to be, um, be challenging to, to support that business long-term just to have the cash to, to turn over and buy new inventory and to pay for advertising expenses, et cetera. Um, you you really have to understand where your gross margin is and make sure it's 30% or, or better. So at the very least it has to be 30%. That's, that's where we, where we like to see our clients because, um, and I will tell you, there's a lot of businesses out there that are, that are not hitting that mark, but that's where we try to work with them to get their their margins up to that level. And once they get there, things are just so much easier. I mean, they're you know things that they're struggling with cash flow, 
that just gets a lot easier because the cash is actually going through the business fast enough to, to make it work. Okay. Um, now we can talk a little bit about um, different best practices and, and tools and processes that you would recommend uh, e-commerce businesses to set up. Uh, now, I know you've already mentioned the f profit first methodology a few times. Mm -hmm. um, could you share what this methodology is and why is it important? Uh, I would assume this is not just for e-commerce businesses, like this could be a, probably be applied to um, any business, but uh, how do you apply this to e-commerce businesses? Okay, so first what it is, um, it, it was, Profit First was developed by Mike Michalowicz. Um, I think the first time I encountered Mike was around 20, um, 2014. So it's been around about six years. Um, it's basically uh, that envelope system that maybe your grandmother had where she takes uh, the money that she gets, brings in and puts it in, in different envelopes, some for maybe the house payment, some for to buy the groceries, some to um, put away for Christmas shopping, whatever. Um, it's the same kind of idea, except it's done with bank accounts, because now we all pick up our mobile phones and we look at our bank accounts in the morning to see how we're doing. And that's kind of the equivalent of being able to look in your bank account and go, oh, when I go grocery shopping, I'm, I'm, I'm able to buy this much. So what Mike has done with his process, and it does fit any type of business, what I did was customize it for the e-commerce uh, industry because inventory is such a huge component. But the idea of it is you, when you get money in, you put it into a bucket for a purpose. Every dollar has a purpose. So um, for our clients, the, the lifeblood of that business is inventory. So we wanna be sure that we're putting aside dollars for inventory. Then we put money aside for profit. Too often money Profit is just what's left over at the end of the day or at the end of the year when you go have your taxes filed and your um, accountant says, well, you made a profit or you didn't, but you've waited all year to even know that information. Mike's theory is that a business is there to serve us as an entrepreneur. And if we're constantly um, putting the money back in the business or having it in one big bank account so we don't know whether we're making money or not or what we can use it for, then that that business is not serving us. And that's where we get into situations where we're putting money in, we're putting too much money in operating expenses. Um, we're, we're using those dollars that should be paying us because we're working hard and there's, um, you know, our family, we don't spend as much time with them. You know, there's, there's so many things that, that suffer when an entrepreneur is really in there trying to get something going that you've got to reward yourself. So taking dollars out for profit, for owner's pay, setting aside dollars for taxes, those things just have to happen first. And then what's left is the operating expense dollars that you have to run your business. So it's a different way of thinking about it. Um, the old way of sales minus uh, expenses equals profit is just turned around and it's sales minus profit equals expenses. And so as long as you have taken care of your inventory, taken care of your profit, your uh, owner's pay and your taxes, What's left is what you have to run your business on. And it creates it creates pressure on the organization because you are having to operate at um, an efficient manner. You're having to be innovative. You're having to be frugal. And those things um, are always good at driving the right behaviors in business. So so that's how how it works. And it really does, uh, it works for every kind of business. Um, the key component for making it work for e-commerce businesses is making sure you peel off that amount for inventory so that you can always cash flow your inventory. Because when people get into trouble in e-commerce businesses, it's because their inventory payments happen uh, in advance, you know, when they have to pay for their product is so far in advance of when they're ever going to get money back 
from selling their product. And many times they're having to reorder the second or even the third time before they've started to really get cash out of that first batch of inventory they've sent in. So having having inventory cash flow covered is really important because it, it really has a different um, a different rhythm uh, to it than what operating expenses have. And it's separating those things really gives you a lot of clarity. Okay. So so basically what you're saying is that once uh, when you receive, when um, a business receives money at the end of the month or, you know, whenever throughout the month, if it is in one account and it's just one number, you don't really have a way to to say, okay, you know, everything becomes inefficient. So if you don't really have a way to moderate your, your expenses, so, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you see one number and you can say, okay, um, I need to buy this thing, you know, I'll, I'll, because I see the money there, I can go ahead and buy it. And you don't have a way to separate out and say, okay, have I even accounted, uh, if I'm going to take out any profit out of this, have I accounted for inventory and things like that. So in a way, if you just have one number, it's just a very inefficient way of, uh, you don't really have a very efficient way of allocating it to different uh, places. Uh, whereas if you se separate it out, then you have better visibility of where uh, certain money is going. Is that the idea? Exactly. That's okay. the idea of it. And and the, the principle behind it is um, is a behavioral principle called Parkinson's Law. And um, not only is it inefficient because you can't see it, uh, you can't, you know, if you look at one big um bank account and all the money's in there and you can't tell, well, okay, well, I've got inventory payment coming up next month or whatever. It, you don't have that clear visibility of purpose for that money. But the other piece of it is as human beings, when we see a lot of something, we feel like we have a lot of it to use and we get busy thinking about what all I might do with that money. So at the end of Q4, for example, when e-commerce sales are just going crazy and all this money is showing up in people's bank accounts, I encourage them to just put it aside for a little bit because that money, if it's sitting there, will you will find a reason to use it. It will be, it will be frittered away. And if you put it aside, then it will be a conscious decision how you want to use that money. Do you want to use it to get a jump on um, uh, inventory for next year? Or, you know, what, what is the purpose behind that money? And when it's sitting there all together, um, Mike explains in the book, uh, he uses toothpaste. And he says, you know, if you've got a whole big tube of toothpaste, when you put toothpaste on your toothbrush, you just squeeze out a whole lot of it on your toothbrush. But if you're down to the very end and you know, you know it's going to be two or three days till you get to the store, you put just a dot, right? Yeah, and you're yeah. like, okay, that'll do. <laughs> and it'll, it'll last me. And so it's kind of the same thing because Parkinson's Law basically says you use what you got. So if you've got a lot of something, your consumption of it is more liberal. You feel like you can... you. You feel like you can be more free in making decisions with for for using that money, whereas if it's constrained, you feel like I need to be careful here. I'm getting I'm because I I can see my inventory account has enough money in it to pay for my next order of inventory. So I'm I'm being careful. I know that flow. Um, whereas if that whole inventory dollars were in your opex account, it would really make you think, oh, there's a whole lot of money there. But have you really factored in what your inventory costs are? It just gives you visibility for the purpose of the money. So this idea of creating buckets. So you, you know, um, I've heard you say that there's an inventory bucket, there's this operating expenses bucket, there is this uh, profit bucket. Um, are there like is it is is the idea that the more buckets you can create and the the more you can um, separate out the the different uh, numbers? the easier it will be uh, and, and the better visibility you will have in your uh, business. Like what is the minimum yeah. number of, what is the minimum number of buckets that should, one should create? I think e-commerce businesses that are just getting started need three. And um, one is um, separate inventory and cash flow. So that's your two checking accounts. And then uh you also need to have a profit account. So just to kind of get started, to get a feel for how this works, 
um, have an inventory checking account and have a uh, operating expense account and a profit account. So when you get your first settlement in, say from Amazon, you can look at what you sold and say it's worth $5,000 that, that to replace that inventory you just sold is going to cost you $5,000. Put that $5,000 in that inventory checking account. Then take whatever's left, take 1% of it and put it in a profit account. And then the, the rest after that goes into your OPEX account. And then that'll have money there to pay yourself and to pay taxes. Ultimately, what I recommend is after you've kind of got that figured out and, and separating inventory and OPEX is working for you and you're building uh, a profit account um, for a couple of purposes. I'll talk about that in a second. After you've got those three accounts working, then you would probably want to take your operating expense account and carve it up some more. You know, if things are going well, you're going to owe some taxes. So create yourself a savings account for taxes. And I always suggest um, to my folks, and now is the perfect time to do it, go talk to your CPA and find out what your tax burden is going to look like and be sure you're setting aside money for next spring when those tax bills are going to come due. Separate money aside for owner's pay, because while this may be a side hustle for you now, if you decide um, that you want to quit your job, that's the bucket where you're going to pay yourself. If you decide this is getting big enough, I've got to hire somebody, that's the bucket where you, you need to have some money set aside to run this business. And we call it owner pay. And then the rest of it is OPEX for your subscriptions and your bookkeeper or, you know, whoever else you have to pay. Um, but those are the three I start with just to get a feel for it are inventory, OPEX and profit. Then I would add the uh, um, owner pay and taxes next. But you there really is no limit. Um, I've got one client. I think he has 17 different bank accounts now. He's he's got some situations that he really wants to budget for and monitor like he knows how much he wants to spend on advertising. And so he has a percentage of set aside. So every time he puts a percentage of his sales into his advertising bucket and then he uses that to pay for advertising, if that advertising is working, then it should always be putting more money in that account to pay for more advertising. Hmm. If for some reason his advertising messaging is not landing and he's spending that money but not getting those sales, then it becomes really clear something's off with my advertising and I've got to get that figured out and dialed back in. Um, using those percentages to track things like that helps you understand if there's a fundamental shift in your business. A few years, an example is like a shipping account. This one client, I've got several clients doing this, but um, this example is with one client who had um, shipping accounts set aside based on a percentage. His shipping provider was very um, inconsistent with billing him. So he, but he knew there would be a bill and it may be six months old, but he's, and, but he needed to be prepared to pay for it. So that was working along really well, but then people started applying diesel surcharges because um, the price of diesel went up really high. Mm. And uh, he, he was realizing he had to make a shift in that percentage because something changed fundamentally in the operations of his business. And he was able to, to look at it and see that that issue was happening and, and make that adjustment. So it really does give you some, when, when you get to the point where you can say, all right, Shipping ought to be this much percent and advertising ought to be this much percent because you've had some history that you can dial that in. Then whenever that starts to get a miss in your bank accounts that you look at every couple of weeks, you, you know, OK, there's something changing here. And you see it well in advance of when financial statements are generated, you know, sometimes two weeks after the month end. You can see it as early as two weeks into your current accounting period because that that's already starting to show up as an issue. Uh, one more question about the inventory. So because I would assume that the inventory, that the demand for inventory would, uh, would probably change. And especially if a business is growing, you would need, um, you know, you want to order more supplies, let's say three, three months down the road or 
for Q4, you know, it's the holiday season, you want more supplies. Um, if you're setting aside a certain percentage uh, based on historical performance, you know, based on what you sold in the previous month or something like that, um, does that mean that if your business is growing, uh, you are taking away money from other accounts and putting in your inventory account? Or does that mean that you need to supplement that inventory account for future uh, for future purchases? How, how exactly does that work? Typically, when um, when clients get started, we try to to dial it in at kind of the the level they're operating at, so that we know. All right, you um, if your inventory is thirty percent of what you your sales price is, we want to know what that baseline number is. But people aren't happy for that for very long because they're wanting to grow, and we grow in one of two ways. Um, if you're going to be growing just by expanding the current offering of what you have. You just you just see the need to be able to um, purchase that same item more quickly because of the way sales are going through. Then we ramp up that percentage and we say, all right, um, inventory to replenish is 30%, but at the rate of growth that we're at, we're going to add another 10 or 20% to it so that we can start to... Um, to benefit from the growth that we're seeing in that product sales. The other thing is um, our clients are always innovating some new product that they want to develop and um, bring to market. So we, we usually have a product development account where we say um, our replenishment cost and maybe even our growth cost of our current inventory goes up here in the inventory bucket but we want to always be thinking of that next product. So we're going to put 10% down here in the product development bucket. So when I, you know, pay for samples or pay for, um, you know, the first uh, product purchases or maybe the marketing um, that I'm already preparing for that because I've set money aside to, um, to prepare for the next product. Uh, so, so this was um, one best practice. Are there any other best practices, one or two best practices that you recommend uh, in terms of bookkeeping or accounting that uh, that would benefit uh, e-commerce businesses? I think a best practice of doing your books on a modified a cash basis or a modified accrual basis so that you can understand your gross margin. I think that's a hugely important thing for any business and for e-commerce businesses especially so that you can understand if you're making money at the gross margin level. So make sure that you're not just waiting till the end of the year and getting a number from your um, tax accountant. Make sure you've got books that tell you month by month if you're making the gross margin of 30% or more. I think that's huge. And if you're not, then you can dive into, I've got multiple products, which one am I losing money on? And you can just keep diving until you understand um, what you need to fix. Um, so having profit first, I think is important. I think having, um, having your book set up on a modified cash or accrual basis is also really important. Okay. Now, um, if you have multiple accounts and you have set up like different percentages of sending money to different accounts, does, is, does this process have to be done manually or is that something that you can set up somewhere in some software and that automatically distributes the money based on the different percentages or different rules that you have set up? Um, right now it's manual. Um, okay. We have a little spreadsheet that when you get your, you know, amounts from your um, your different platforms, you plug it, you plug in the dollars that you got and that you got from the platform, and it it calculates out. But you have to go in and manually move the money in the bank. There are um, there are some banks that make that easier. Rather than doing one transfer to one bank account, there are some banks that you can say, all right, this is the amount of money that I got in. I want to move it to here, 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 and here. Go, and um, and that's pretty nice. But uh, m most banks don't operate that way, so it's still a manual thing. But but my clients tell me um, we suggest they do that twice a month. And they tell me it takes them about 15 to 20 minutes to do their accounting um, 
where they do that those transfers you know plug in their number and do the transfers and typically what they do is they they um, plug in the money from their sales platforms into the software or the spreadsheet that tells them all right this is how much you need to move and then they go in and move that money and then they pay their credit card bills or whatever that they've you know got that um, now they've funded their opex account and it's time to pay those bills Okay. Now, um, any entrepreneur who's who who does not or who hasn't hired a dedicated bookkeeper, who's still doing the bookkeeping on their own, uh, do you have any recommendation of like a software? I know you talked about Zero and you talked about QuickBooks, um, but for uh, an, a solopreneur, let's say, uh, do you recommend a certain software and that that helps in terms of like? Uh, connecting to some of these e-commerce platforms and and automating so that you know all they're doing is really just uh, you know uh, a double checking of you know that everything makes sense and so it helps them to uh, manage their books. Yeah, um, we really like A2X. Um, it's A2X accounting. Uh, if you look for it on the web, it um, it takes the Amazon, uh, Shopify. Um, uh, site information and moves it over into your QuickBooks or Zero accounts, so that that revenue piece of it um, is put in the proper month. Um, so if you've got a settlement period that that bridges a month end, it puts the right sales in the right month. So that's that helps with that modified cash accounting that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we like it from that perspective. The other thing that it does is it will keep up with your cost of goods sold. So it knows what was actually sold on Amazon. You just put your product cost in and it will push through your COGS entry so that um, not only is it recognizing the revenue and the fees, but it'll also, um, uh, you can push the uh, cost of goods information so that you get that in the proper period as well. Um, it, it's it, for for our clients that um, that really do want their books done accurately, so that they're building it for sale or to get that data that that they need to understand how they're doing, uh, it's a critical piece of that to have it reported properly. Okay. Um, now we're going to move on to our rapid fire rounds, um, where I'm going okay. to ask you a, a few uh, quick questions, and then you have to answer them in one or two words or one or two sentences. So I'm not uh, good at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, these these are straightforward questions. So, uh, do you have okay. any book book recommendations for entrepreneurs or uh, business people in 2020, and why? Mm-hmm. This one right here. Uh, can you see it? Um, it is the ultimate blueprint for an insanely successful business by Keith Cunningham. I love this book. And that's just a regular business, but that's not an accounting book or no, it's, it's, it's truly written for any entrepreneur to uh, help them understand how money flows through their business. Okay. Um, an innovative product or idea in the current e-commerce retail or tech landscape that you're excited about. Innovative product or idea? I'm I'm really into uh, Promoter.io right now. It's a net promoter score system, and it's really bringing some good data to us as to how we're providing services. So this is a, this is like a survey that you you send out, and you get that, some data out of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It automates that process. A productivity tool or software that uh, either you use or you recommend? A2X accounting. Okay. Uh, a startup or business uh, in retail, e-commerce, or tech that you think is doing great things right now? Mm. Say it one more time. Startup or? Startup or business that you think is doing uh, great things. Uh, could be in e- e-commerce, retail, or tech. Um, slumber pod. Um, they're doing some really cool. Th- they just got funded on shark tank. They're doing some really cool stuff. Okay. Slumber pod. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. a peer entrepreneur or business person who inspires you. Hmm. 
Uh, my mentor, Mike Michalowicz. Okay. Um, the best business advice that you have ever received or you would give to entrepreneurs? It's a quote from Peter Drucker, and uh, it says, um, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And I love that. Cool. Uh, yeah, so those were all the questions that I had. Uh, thank okay. you so much for sharing your story and uh, and, and sharing the, the different strategies and tactics that uh, e-commerce businesses can use to improve their bookkeeping and accounting services. Now is your opportunity to say... Um, to share your uh, website, to share your services, where people can find you and, uh, and and get in touch with you. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Uh, well, it was fun. I, I've, I always enjoy getting the chance to um, uh, hopefully demystify some of the accounting jargon that's out there. So I, I hope we, we've accomplished that a little bit. Um, you can find me at um, uh, bookskeep.com. It's B-O-O-K-S-K-E-E-P.com. Um, or you can email me. My name is Cindy, C-Y-N-D-I, at bookskeep.com. So uh, I would love to hear from, from anybody that's uh, watched. If you've got any questions, I'd be happy to follow up. Perfect. Uh, thank you so much again, Cindy, for sharing uh, all the different uh, business insights with us. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. I've enjoyed it. Thank you.